Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Happy Mama Movement podcast. I'm Amy Taylor-Kabaz. I would like to start by acknowledging the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation on which this podcast is recorded as the traditional custodians of this land and pay my respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. And as this podcast is dedicated to the wisdom and knowledge of motherhood, I would like to acknowledge the mothers of this land, the Elders, their wisdom, their knowing and my own elders and teachers. Welcome back, everybody. How often do we hear the idea of self-care being given as an answer for an exhausted new mama? Over and over again, we are told that one of the answers to how she's feeling, whether it's burnt out, disconnected, anxious, is that she needs to look after herself better. And it frustrates me so much because actually what that mama really needs is a village. She needs a cultural shift in the way that she is supported and valued and seen in this time of her life. And yes, then she may be able to do things for herself. But in reality, the cultural shift may take some time. And in the meantime, what can we do when we are feeling so disconnected, when we're burnt out, when we feel like we've lost ourselves in those early months and even years. That's what I wanted to talk to Regan Fig about. Regan's new book, A Mother's Pleasure, really takes this idea of self-care and pleasure and looks at how we can realistically do this for ourselves in the early months and years of motherhood. Please know this isn't just another hashtag self-care conversation. We really look at what pleasure may be for you in this time of your life and how you can cultivate it as we wait for the cultural shift to kick in. Enjoy. Regan, welcome to the Happy Mama Movement podcast. This has been a long time coming. All good things are worth waiting for. So thank you for being here. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me here. I love that you said it's a pleasure because obviously that's what we're here to talk about today. Your book, A Mother's Pleasure, and your own personal experience of navigating matrescence and motherhood and how you have healed and uh, really found yourself again through this idea of pleasure. So let's start at the beginning. In previous conversations with you, I understand that this interest in pleasure and the feminine has been there from a very early age for you. Yes. Yes, you're right in saying that. 
So, yeah, I realized that when I was younger, because I, I thought maybe pleasure just became a random thing that I used as like a, a tool to help with that sort of healing um, after becoming a mama. And then I realized, you know, there was kind of like a bit of a joke in our family from when I was a really little girl, like, oh, oh, it's Regan. If it feels good, do it, you know. And that was like, it looked like me as a toddler rolling around in mud if I wanted to, or, you know, just being really connected with what made me come alive, with what felt good, with pleasure. And then flicking through my bookshelf the other day, I pulled out one of my favorite books and it was a book I got in my early teens and it's called uh, Pleasure, an Almanac for the Heart by Nikki Gamel. And I was like, isn't that interesting? You know, when you kind of look back and you're like, oh, actually this has been a common, like it's been a quite a core thread for me my whole life. And so, yeah, after I became a mom, well, even before I became a mom, when I was pregnant, I felt so confident stepping into motherhood. I was an exercise physiologist, a yoga and meditation teacher. Um, I'd always had, I'd been a professional dancer. I'd always had this great connection with my body and a really good positive outlook. I was always the eternal optimist. So I was really surprised then after a few months in, I ended up being diagnosed with postnatal depression and anxiety and insomnia. And yeah, so for me, um, what the kind of journey with pleasure from there looked like was just, and I say just because it's kind of simple, but it's sometimes not not so easy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it was learning to know and own and um, embrace like my desires and what brought me pleasure. And I I, I just want to, I suppose, preface my, what I mean when I say pleasure because I know there's probably a lot of mums that see the word pleasure and they think that's not for me, you know, because they relate it to sex and sexuality. And sometimes a lot of the time we can, when we're stepping into and through matrescence, that can be one of the things that we're not interested in, not ready for yet, looks completely different. Um, So yeah, when I talk about pleasure, I'm not just talking about sex or sexuality. I'm talking about what makes me feel alive, what feels glorious what is beautiful to witness and see what, what I, you know sounds and music that I love to hear it's connecting with sensuality it is joy and fun and play mm. all of those things so mm. yeah yes I love that proviso because um I think that is immediately what we think about is mm. pleasure is attached to sexuality or sex and mm. I love that you have acknowledged that, yes, while that is important and I think is actually something that um, we as women do need to explore and understand post-babies, it is often in that very early period, not where you start with exploring this, isn't it? It's not like, okay, so I really feel like I've lost myself. I've found myself either with postnatal depression or anxiety or just depletion, disconnection, burnout Mm -hmm. and so from going there to okay let's ramp up the sex life again might not be the first place to start so for you in that post anxiety and depression stage in those early days when you're just starting to move out of that space what were the first steps of pleasure Yeah. yeah what a great question what that was for me was things that were accessible 
in small amounts of time and also available to experience whilst I was with my son. That no longer looked for me like a 90-minute yoga class because that's what feels good. Um, Mind you, I would have loved that, but it wasn't really possible or accessible. And it looked like laying down under the tree reading a book. It looked like looking up at the clouds or at the stars with my little one. It looked like walks in beautiful areas and maybe the babe was in his carrier or in the pram. It looked like, you know, drives to get Bub asleep and then reading a book that was a novel while he napped, not doing the grocery list or the online, whatever it was that I needed to, like offering myself an opportunity to relearn and reclaim what felt good for me. Mm, I love that word reclaim is one of my favorites because I think everything you've just listed there, Mm. it really is about pleasurable for you Mm -hmm. and only you. Mm. And so much of that early time can be enjoyable. Like there are moments of joy when you're playing with your son or there's things that can be enjoyable, but it's not directly heart and soul feeling just for you Mm. and you know I love that you point out again that um, when you have the baby asleep in the back of the car and you sit there with the book let it be a novel let it be a book for you don't let it try not to make it about you know how to start solids for your baby and how to do these things because it's about trying to find that place inside of you again after matrescence yeah yeah exactly and I think too part of it I I did start to kind of play with the kind of prioritizing self-care piece, but I discovered that self-care, like that traditional idea of self-care, didn't actually fit with what brought me pleasure all the time or what I desired. Sometimes when I hadn't felt like I'd been able to accomplish, in inverted commas, anything all day, it actually felt really good to clean out the baby clothes or, you know, have a good scrub at the kitchen it it was because the intention behind it was something that I desired and I chose and other times I would look at the kitchen (laughs) and ignore what was there and take a nap or listen to a yoga nidra or a funny podcast because that's what felt good that's what I desired Mm -hmm. so yeah it was less about you know me time that had to look like a certain way whether that be resting or getting my nails done and also me time uh, sorry self-care that didn't have to be by myself like it didn't have to be me time because I think sometimes that's the struggle too of well like I'm aware that I would feel so much better if I could offer myself things that were pleasurable to me and offer myself things that look more and feel like more like self self-love and self-care for me but we can get have this skewed idea that that needs to look like adding more to the to-do list, like booking a massage appointment that, you know, you might be laying there thinking of a million things because you kind of force yourself to have that appointment or, um, yeah, like getting the nails done or being by yourself. Because sometimes, and and I've really learned to embrace this too, like I actually spend a lot of time with my little ones. And for me, actually, the pleasure piece and the self-care piece sometimes actually looks like declining social invitations or time that perhaps would look like traditional self-care 
because I actually want to honor what it is I truly want in that moment. And that looks different moment to moment, day to day. What if someone doesn't know what they want or need in that moment? What if they're listening going, I don't even know what would feel good for me right now? Yes, I'm so glad you brought that up. That's the practice, you know, that is the practice. And, you know, as we're all listening to, you know, in this podcast, people listening to this are very well aware of like when you talk of matrescence and that whole journey, that is such a big transition that because we do change so much, of course, we should probably expect that we won't be the same people. We might not enjoy the same things anymore. So I looked at it as a bit of an experiment a bit of play. I got curious. I'm like, do I feel like doing this? Like I used to like this. Do I still like that? Or, you know, just really um, tuning in with what, if I could do anything right now, what would it be? And the kind of curious question of, well, if I knew what I wanted, what might that look like? You know, Mm. because I feel like sometimes we do have the answers and it's just getting curious and having a bit of a play and a bit of trial and error um, that can be really helpful. And the other piece there is bringing that connection back to your body, you know. And I think particularly as mamas, we are operating from the neck up in we are, like thinking about the schedules, like the nap schedules, where are the shoes? We've got to organise this, that and whatever in this tiny little window of time. And then, you know, we're managing and we're negotiating and we're, peacekeeping and doing all that kind of stuff. So it can be in that very masculine energy, that very do, do, do energy, which is all in the head, right? So whilst I couldn't do a 90-minute yoga class very, very often, um, I could ask my body, like, do I actually feel like eggs for breakfast this morning or just maybe some yogurt? Um, Do I want to go to that play date today or do I feel like kind of hanging home and pottering around? Mm-hmm. Um, using my body, this is a um, practice that I got from Deidre Light and it was using your body as a pendulum of listening when it's moving forward and noticing that forward motion rather than moving back. So it's like, well, do I want eggs on toast or do I want peanut butter? Do I want eggs on toast? And if I felt myself kind of leaning towards that, that was my yes. Mm. And so that I've called that and I share that in my book it's called um know your yes no like asking your body what it what does it want does it want this does it want that yes or no and like improving that communication pathway with your body so Um, it's so interesting (laughs) my mum does this really it's so funny my mum this is where I was I get all of my spirituality from I was brought up with a total you know hippies um baby boomer mum who took me to see and um listened to Louise Hay when I was like 12 years old or maybe even younger and she we laugh at her but she does this and she wouldn't mind that I'm sharing this but sure. she stands there and will ask her you know mum do you want to do this and she'll go if you're just listening to the audio right now and not looking at the video I'm rocking back and forth so she <laughs> kind of checks in with her body and then and then we'll go and lean right forward and go yes 
Yes, that's for me today. And we laugh at her so much. And then the more I learn about this, the more I realize how wise she is and also how we should all be doing this, of checking in. She'll literally stand in a restaurant and be like, "Mm, mm, mm, mm," and checking in with herself. But what I've learned from her and what you've just reinforced is that we do have this internal guidance system. Mm -hmm. We absolutely do. It's something we need to practice, you know, even if you do it quietly and maybe not so obviously as my mother, but we have to practice it because the disconnection between our head and our body is so intense for so many of us. This is something we haven't been able to do. We haven't even been taught. And Mm. so it is, is that just the way to start is just to begin to try and remember to stop and feel what your body is doing in that moment? Yeah, and I would even suggest uh, like what I call would what I would describe as a sensuality practice. And some people sort of see that more as mindfulness, but having any kind of experience where you are noticing like what you're feeling, what you're seeing. Now, I don't typically suggest we do this in terms of like the whole five senses, like go through them all as a checklist. But for me, that looks like a completely different experience of the same scenario sometimes. So what I mean by that is say I'm driving the kids to somewhere and we're running late. I might jump in the car and get my seatbelt on and they're kind of in the car and my shoulders are up to my ears and I'm just focused on getting to the goal and I'm not noticing what's going on. I'm not even noticing how I get from A to B and I'm flustered and even just now like I need to take a deep breath, you know, Mm. or I sit in the car and whilst I'm still putting on my seatbelt and still moving through the motions, I'm noticing the seat actually supporting me and feeling myself supported in in the seat. I'm noticing that when I'm, you know, using the steering wheel, I'm feeling that slide between my hands. I'm having a look out. Maybe it's jacaranda season and there's some beautiful flowers around. Maybe it's a glorious sunny day. And instead of kind of being at the traffic lights at a red light, being stressed I'm noticing the sun on my face and how nice that feels so chances are we get from a to b we get to where wherever we're going at the same kind of time but it's a whole different experience Mm -hmm. so that kind of practice of sensuality connects us with our body because it it sensitizes our senses it gives us that feedback and so whilst we might not be curious about what feels good all day long, we're actually going to become aware that, you know what, I really love it when I can just sit and enjoy my morning coffee. It tastes so good. You you, you know, you really relish that experience, you know, and that's where you find the pleasure because the pleasure is in the present moment. And so when we can get present and connect with our body, not only do we enhance our ability to know what it is that feels good and what brings us pleasure and what we desire, it also, that act in itself, we're able to extract the pleasure from that moment. Mm. Win-win. Win-win. Absolutely. I also um, love the practice of of if we're with our kids all the time or at least Mm. most of the time and are feeling like these um, focuses are something we have to wait for. I mean, Mm. you just used a beautiful example in the car, but you know, and this is no surprise to everyone listening because we hear this suggested all the time, but we don't often remember to do it. It's like 
actually feeling their little chubby hand Mm. in yours as you walk down the street. That is one of my favorite things in the world. My youngest is nine. He's still holding my hand and I feel like it's going to finish any second now. But that I am still after all these years surprised at the impact that that has on my nervous system Mm -hmm. when I notice his hand in mine. Suddenly that rushing energy. I'm in my head. I'm thinking I've got to get home. I've got that podcast interview. I forgot to do that thing yesterday. And suddenly, Mm. and it's using my eyes, my senses, my, and, you know, connecting with my heart. It's so frustrating, Regan, to, in a sense that we hear these things so often, so often, Mm. and they sound too easy. Mm. And um, something like that wouldn't make any difference to how stressed and overwhelmed or anxious I am right now. And therefore, we kind of don't prioritize it or remember that mm. it is really these small shifts that then, before you know it, you end up having a whole book written about yeah. Asia. Or in my case, you've changed your career completely. They start mm. with these tiny mm. little things like tasting your cup of tea when you drink it can we just reflect on what this beginning for you has now led into because that's what I want everyone to hear these tiny things we do Mm. do create this momentum and before we know it we are living very differently yeah exactly right and and a piece to add on there is not only just do we have these kind of little pleasures and then we can build on that, but the little pleasures, they open us up to what we believe we are worthy of. Oh, that's good. You know? Yeah. Mm. And so sometimes it's not that we've forgotten or we think we don't have time. I mean, they might be kind of the surface I don't want to say excuses, but the surface reasons why we feel that we can't do that. What's below the surface is thoughts and beliefs and and often very unconscious that I haven't earned it. I haven't been productive enough. What have I given? You know, I can't receive support and help and kindness right now because I I didn't earn that, you know. Um, yeah, the, the the conversation around like, well, what am I worthy of? So when we start small, it can feel uncomfortable to start because it's like, oh, am I am I actually allowed to tell my kids, sorry, just wait, I'm not going to help you with that for two minutes. I'm just going to finish my cup of tea. Um, what comes up then? An example I used in the book was going for lunch with some friends. Gosh, I so wanted to go for lunch with my, my girlfriends. And it t- came time to leave and go out the front door. and. I got that icky feeling of like, you know, call it mum guilt, call it, um, you know, your little one just saying, mom, I don't want you to go. Of course, <laughs> everyone's staying out with me all the time, right, kids? But um, <laughs> yeah, and it's that, that, like the pleasure is the tool that takes us to those moments to redefine what it is that we believe we're worthy of. It, it brings us to this consciousness because our body feels uncomfortable and it brings us to this consciousness of, hey, am I, is that okay for me to have some pleasure in my life? And when we go, you know what, actually it, it is. And it's not because I deserve it or I'm entitled to it or any of that. It's because I'm human. You know, it's my birthright. 
And this is my life. And chances are mums have probably wanted to be mums for so long and now they get that opportunity, like let's enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't have to look like the me time or the going out for lunch with friends. Yeah, it can look like deciding like, sorry, kids, we're not going to go to the skate park today. I'm going to take you to the beach because that's what I'd really love to do. And we're going to have a good time there too. Oh, that's an interesting example you dropped in at the end Mm. because that's the way I heard you say that is you're prioritising that you would like to be at the beach today Mm. um, and they wanted to go to the skate park. And, um, you know, I've been in that situation where I've wanted to slightly tweak the plans over this way and to hold that intention within yourself and clearly uh, communicate that with that with them about that that's Mm. um again that's another moment in motherhood of showing them that uh it doesn't always have to be just about them but also my needs uh need uh need to be met as well and I love the way you said right at the end and we're still going to have a good time Mm. yeah yeah it's kind of like you know what I matter too. And it's not in a way of resentment or I've done this for you and now we're going to do this for me because I matter too. It's like I matter too, you know, and I'm modelling that to my kids. That's it. And that's so important for them to see that. Mm. Again, we hear that all the time, but if we can show our kids that it's okay to do what feels good Mm. and to ask for what feels good for you today, then that's a really powerful lesson for them to be walking into adulthood with. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Like I said, I think these are conversations we often hear about when we talk about self-care and making sure that you look after yourself too, mama, and sleep when the baby sleeps and all of those things, but they don't break through. Yeah, I often find because it feels like it needs to be more on the to-do list and it feels mm. like we have to have the house clean first. Yeah. So your book and this conversation, I hope, has really cemented how this can be done in small ways right now and the impact that that has and to live a pleasurable life. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much, Regan. So glad we've been trying to have this conversation for a while. So I'm so glad we got there. I really appreciate your perseverance. Oh, (laughs) thank you for having me. No, it's like, you know, I mean, what would we prefer pleasure wise? We don't need it to be like hard and fast and goal oriented. Let's, let's, let's have a, let's have a slow build. Let's wait until it feels good. And I can see you clearly on the video with the other problems we were having. Exactly. Trust that it will come when it's time and will be good when it gets here. I'll put all the details about your work and your book in the show notes, but thank you for putting it out there into the world. Oh, thank you. I'm deeply honored to be here. So thank you so much. I've had such a great time with you. Thank you.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.